Sorry about that. Got cut off there. Just reading this section about where Hamlet is talking about what seems and what is. And he's frustrated with his mother about the, the fact that she thinks he is just acting a part. Um, he's talking about the, the nature of what seems and how people do act parts. But he's frustrated because she's not, she's not seeing who he is. She's not seeing the reality. She's seeing appearances. She's making interpretations based on what she sees in his appearance. And this is frustrating him. Um, he says, right, the, the river in the eye crying, the dejected havior of the visage, right, a, a, a sad face, together with all forms, moods, shapes of grief that can denote me, that can denote me truly. These indeed seem. So there's a, there's a separation, right? He's, he's, He's talking about this, this tension between appearance and reality and how each, in truth, each of us deals with this, right? We have these emotions that we feel and how do we communicate them? Well, we could make our face sad, but what if, what if we don't know how to make a properly sad face that others will understand that we are sad? I can't tell you how many times I've felt a certain way and people have misread my appearance. I've been happy, but maybe a little bit tired. And so I look sad, but I'm not, I'm happy. I'm just tired or, or I've been sad and, and, um, people have read me as, as being angry. And in truth, no, I, I'm just sad. Uh, there is this struggle in, in our lives, in the human condition, this difficulty of communicating what is inside of us. And that is a, an issue that, that this play is about in many ways. Um, and so again, talking about, Appearance versus reality is a big section of this play. Um, and yeah, and so I'll move on from there. But this is a, this is a great section. Um, Hamlet's mom calls him in. I talked about killing of Polonius. Uh, not, not a good thing. I write about this section uh, in my book about um, Hamlet's confrontation of his mother. Uh, be sure to check that out. That's pretty, um, there's some interesting things that I, I think I've come up with there that are worth uh, looking at it and considering. Um, so let's look at the end. This character, Laertes, is Ophelia's brother, Polonius's son. And quite clearly and quite obviously, Laertes is going to have a problem with Hamlet. Hamlet broke up with his sister and confused her so much that she kills herself. Um, Hamlet, in a moment of passionate confusion, kills Laertes' father. I mean, if you're Laertes, you're going to want to kill Hamlet. I mean, this is a guy that you have no patience for. I'm not much for killing, but this is a guy you'd be mad at, right, for sure. Hamlet, you would be, you'd have a real problem with. Um, and so this becomes an interesting comparison, the Hamlet and the Laertes. These two characters are in tension in some ways. Laertes is wronged, just like Hamlet, right? They're parallel figures, Hamlet and Laertes, but they're also in tension. So both men, Hamlet and Laertes, have been wronged. Hamlet's father's been killed. Laertes' father's been killed. Hamlet's, um, uh, sorry, in this, in this way, they're parallel, right? They're both young men. They're both um, single bachelors. Uh, and they're both feeling compelled to seek revenge. And so what's the difference? Well, Laertes goes right to Hamlet, and he wants to beat the tar out of Hamlet. Um, he wants to, 
He's a man of action. Laertes is in a man of passion and a man of action. And he goes right into business right after Hamlet. He goes and after that doesn't work, he goes to the king and the king says, ah, I got a plan for you. And what do we see happen? We see the emotional, passionate Laertes manipulated and um, yeah, we see him manipulated by King Claudius, the conniving King Claudius. He's manipulated to do things that are going to help King Claudius. So it, it was interesting here, obviously, Hamlet has been maligned by critics through the ages, some, for being um, too passive, too thoughtful, no agency, no action. Um, but in truth, this play celebrates, I believe, the play celebrates Hamlet's thoughtfulness in contrast to Laertes' foolish, passionate action. Um, Laertes jumps right into action, and the moment he does is the moment he is manipulated into doing something terrible and unjust, all to serve the ends of the king, all to serve Laer all to serve Claudius's ends. And that's what happens, right? Um, Claudius convinces him to do a, a fencing match, a fencing match with Hamlet. And he says, oh, I'll just be, um, we'll make it so that Hamlet thinks it's just a friendly match. And, um, but I will put some poison on the tip of your sword. So when you touch Hamlet, he it will kill him and no one will know and we'll get rid of Hamlet and you can have your revenge. Meanwhile, Claudius is just wanting to get rid of Hamlet for his own sake, right? And so King Claudius has another ploy where he has a poisoned drink, a, a, a poisoned um, pearl that he puts into a drink. And, um, and when he does that, um, he assumes he will have Hamlet drink the drink too, just to make sure they can kill him. And so... Um, what happens? Well, as you read here in Act 5, Scene 2, it all it all backfires, right? Um, it all backfires, and, and the queen is there in line 290, and she says, He's fat and scant of breath. Here, Hamlet, take my napkin. Rub thy brows. The, the queen carouses to thy fortune, Hamlet. And Hamlet says, Good, good, madam. And then the king says, Gertrude, do not drink. And the queen says, because she must have grabbed the the cup, right, that had the poison in it. And she says, I will, my lord. She's in a great mood. She's having a good time. I pray you pardon me. And she drinks. And then she offers the cup to Hamlet. And the king says in an aside, it is the poisoned cup. It is too late. Hamlet refuses the drink. I dare not drink yet, madam, by and by. And and yet then... Um, she she begins to to fall and to and to uh, die right there, um, but then when when Laertes wounds Hamlet, um, and then they end up changing swords, he wounds Laertes, and so the whole thing backfires. Uh, what was meant to be just a way of killing Hamlet has now killed the queen, has killed Laertes and Hamlet, and whose fault is it? Well, in many ways, it's Laertes' fault, and it's King Claudius's fault. Hamlet had no part in any of this. He was drawn in by these fools, and, and because of their own passionate deception, their Claudius's greed and, and blindness, and his own kind of desire to take over the kingdom, he ends up um, wreaking havoc on the kingdom.
Laertes and his blind passion is manipulated into being a part of, of Claudius's plan, and he takes part in the ruining of the kingdom and the killing of all these people. Um, but it's only here on line 319, right, that Laertes says, It is here, Hamlet, Hamlet, thou art slain. No medicine in the world can do thee good. In thee there is not half an hour's life. The treacherous instrument is in thy hand, unbated and envenomed. <clears throat> the foul practice hath turned itself on me. Lo, here I lie, never to rise again. Thy mother poisoned, I can no more. The king, the king's to blame. <laughs> Gotta love it. And so then King, then, then uh, Hamlet just turns on King Claudius and, and cuts him and says, okay, you can be a part of this too, you fool. And he cuts him. And, and the next thing you know, we've got a whole stage full of dead bodies. Very sad. Um, but why? What, what is the turning point here? Well, I, I, as I said a second ago, I believe it is part of it is this impassioned desire to, to move toward ends quickly and thoughtlessly. That's what turns this thing on its head. If Hamlet was able to kind of see this thing through, we probably would have had a, a jury and we probably would have had a judge. We probably would have had a Claudius in jail or Claudius would have been the one guy losing his head probably, but we would have had a whole court system. We would have had something created that would have sought justice and brought, brought things to justice. Um, but instead we have all these bodies. Why? Because Hamlet's way of thinking and judging and being thoughtful is, is overturned by these, these two men, Claudius and Laertes, who want to rush, rush toward ends thoughtlessly. And they don't think about it, right? They don't think carefully about what could have happened. What, oh, what could possibly go wrong with a cup of poisoned wine? What could possibly go wrong with a, a, a sword with poison on the tip? Well, as we see, that was not a good, not a good plan at all. And so, uh, so this play ends in a very tragic way. Um, with uh, with Hamlet on the floor um, and many others dead beside him. Uh, perhaps in many ways casualties of passion, casualties of thoughtlessness, and, uh, and casualties of greed. So what is it, and my final question here, what is it that as Shakespeare looks from behind the, the curtain at you, at me, and he watches us finishing this play, what is it that he wants us to be troubled by? like Hamlet watching Claudius watch his play. What is, what is Shakespeare hoping you and I will see and be moved by in his play and why? I believe Shakespeare wants to disturb us. What in particular does he want us to want to disturb us with in this play? And when you arrive at that answer, you'll have some pretty clear things to be able to say about this play, about what this play is about, what the meaning is. Um, but there's not just one meaning. So wrestle with that. Send me an email and, and a comment if you have some answers to that, and we can discuss it further. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Bye now.